Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All right, well, hey, good morning. We're excited you're here as we are in our our second week of our series entitled Jesus. And uh, what we're going to do is we actually are jumping in and we are spending a, a, a big chunk of time just talking about Jesus, right? We're, we're going to spend really a, a, probably a longer time than we've ever spent in a series. Usually we go about four to six weeks in a series, but we're going all the way to Easter, all the way to April 12th, and we're going to spend some time just diving into who Jesus was. Because if you think about it, as Christians, if we call ourselves a follower of Christ, everything is based on Jesus, right? Even Christianity itself, it started with Jesus. It started with the fact that, that Jesus came lived a perfect life, said that he was going to conquer death, said that he was going to conquer the grave, right? said that he was going to be risen again, and then he actually did it. Right? He died on a cross and then rose again on the third day to conquer death, to conquer sin for us so that we could be connected to God. Right? Our connection to God, our relationship with God starts with Jesus and the fact that he did what he said he was going to do. So what we're doing is we are jumping in and we are getting to know Jesus more through this series. And the reason why, if you remember from last week, said we said this. This is why it's so important. Because the more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know God. Right? The more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know God, which is the whole entire reason for this series. In fact, uh, Jesus himself said it this way in John chapter 14, verses 11 and 12. So if you have your Bibles, you can go there with me. If you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app. We also do have some... Uh, some Bibles, some physical Bibles in the back there at our Connect desk as well. But we are a church that believes in the Bible. We're a church that, that wants you to read the Bible, not just on a Sunday morning, not just have me read the Bible to you, but we want you to read it each and every day. And the Bible app is an incredible way to do this. There's different reading plans. There's different devotionals as well. And in this passage of Scripture in John, really this is the, the basis for this series. And again, it's one that hopefully you've uh, highlighted, maybe even memorized. And it says this in John chapter 14, verses 11 and 12. It says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And here's Jesus talking. And he's saying, believe the words that I'm saying. Believe the evidences of what I'm doing, right? Believe in my teachings, believe in my works, believe in all the things that I'm doing because what it is, it's an insight to who God is. And it's an insight to how God wants to work in us and through us as well. He says to do even greater things than these. Listen, that's a huge task. Right? That's, a, that's a big task, but that's God's plan is to use us. But to do that, it requires us to know more and more about Jesus. So in this series, this is what we're going to do. We're going to jump in and we're talking a little bit about Jesus's life. And we're going to talk a, a lot about his teachings, more specifically the, the parables. We're going to talk about the principles and truths that we can gain from those and how we can apply those to our lives. And then we're going to talk about the works of Jesus. We're going to talk about the miracles he did, the healings he did, and how they can apply to our lives as well. But today what I want us to do is I want to go back and I want to jump in and look at a little bit of Jesus's life. And I want to look at really something that happened, an event that happened before he ever preached his first message. Right? Before he ever taught his first lesson. Before he ever did a single miracle. Before he ever even healed anyone. Really, I want to look at this event that he did before he did anything else. And really what it was, it was the first step of Jesus' ministry. It was the first step of him walking in the will. 
of God. So before we jump in, though, how many of you are our process people, right? Anyone, do we have any people that like you like steps all drawn out? You like procedures? You like structure? You like step one, step two, step three, step four? You got any of those people, right? Okay, we, we got some. Other of you are like, dude, I throw the directions out, right? They're, I don't even care. I just roll and I'm going to, whatever happens, happens, right? Some of you are there. But the truth is we all have a starting point regardless of where we are. But for some of us, we like steps. For me, I'm a process person. I like steps. I like clear-cut next steps as well. So this Christmas, I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. So with any uh, six-year-old and eight-year-old Christmas, what do we get? We got some Legos. So for me, Legos, uh, we got them for my kids, but we we got them for me too, let's be honest, right? So my six-year-old, my son Griffin, he he takes his Legos and he just rolls by himself. He's he's good to go. He says, Dad, peace. I got this. I'm going to do this by myself. But my daughter, Berkeley, now she, she allows me to play. Like she allows me to, to jump in and she allows me to, to hang out and actually do some Legos with her. So when I, obviously when I do that, what do I do? I take the directions first from her because, well, I'm, a, I'm an instruction guy, right? I'm a direction person. Now, she, she's more of a rule follower here and there, but she still can, uh, she can roll with however she wants. But we sat down and we put this bad boy together, right? So this is her little Lego set that we got her. Um, it, it's pretty amazing. There's some... A lot of pieces and parts to it. It wasn't a huge one, so I mean, it maybe took us, it took us 15, 20 minutes, but we put it together, right? And uh, she, she actually had the picture of uh, the, this Lego set just based on the, the box, and she just started putting things together on that. Whereas I, I did instruction piece by piece. But again, we both had a first step. She had to at least grab something and put it together. Right? I had to grab the instructions and then put it together as well. But it starts with the first step. And today what I want us to do is I want to look at how when we follow Jesus, how when we start to walk in obedience to him, there's a first step in obedience. And really, if you look at it, Jesus set the standard for us with this. And he set the standard with baptism. So if you have your, your Bibles, you can go with me. And we're going to look at the, this event where Jesus was baptized in Matthew 3, verses 13 and 16. So Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 and 16. And again, just a little background on this passage of Scripture. Here Jesus was, he was an adult, right? Remember last week, we, we talked about the, really the one instance we see in the Bible where, where Jesus was a child, we saw in, in Luke. But what we're doing now is fast forward some years here. Jesus is an adult, but still he had yet to do any ministry. He had yet to, to preach a message. He had yet to do any healings. In fact, most scholars say at this time, Jesus was about 30 years of age. And it starts off with this. Check this out. Matthew 3, verse 13. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. So we'll stop right there. Again, if you recall from some of our Christmas readings and the readings of Luke, you see Mary, who is Jesus' mother, and Elizabeth, who is John's mother. They were relatives. So really, Jesus and John were also relatives. Now, it never says how close they were in the scripture, but they obviously, they knew each other, or they at least knew of each other. So Jesus had this plan. He said, you know what? I'm going to go to John the Baptist, and I'm going to go with him on a purpose. Right? I'm going to go with him on purpose, with a purpose, and that purpose was to get baptized. Jesus had this initiative to get baptized and to get baptized by John. Then verse 14 continues on and says this. It says, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? You look at it, here's John, and he's giving Jesus some pushback. He's thinking like, dude, Jesus, what, what's this all about? Like, you know, we, you're, I, I, you should be baptizing me. I shouldn't be baptizing you. And really this pushback, it was pretty significant because at this time, again, Jesus hadn't started his ministry, but yet John had. 
So John had a number of followers with him. John had a number of people that he would consider disciples that were following him. But what he was doing is, is he was showing his followers just who Jesus is. He was showing his followers just how great Jesus is. He was showing them that Jesus is the greater of the two of them, right? So he's pushing back, and really he was pushing back, and the fact that, that John pushed back, he had, he had some, really, some ground to stand on, because at this time, the baptism of John is a baptism of repentance. And here's Jesus coming there. Jesus obviously had nothing to repent of. Right? Jesus is the only one that ever lived a perfect life. And he never sinned. He didn't sin before this event. He didn't sin after this event. So John's thinking, like, why do you need this baptism? But Jesus, Jesus knew that the plan was greater. He knew that this was a step in obedience. So guess what? So Jesus says, you know what? No, you have to baptize me. Verse 15 goes on and says, Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And it says, then John consented. Jesus said that we have to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus knew that this was part of God's plan. He knew this was the will of God. He knew that this was a step in obedience. See, Jesus knew that it was God's plan for Jesus to become like man, right? To become like sinners. Jesus in this moment was identifying himself with sinners, with the sinners that he came to save. Sinners like like myself, sinners like you, sinners that were all around, sinners that were the followers of John at this time. Sinners, any sinner that was watching this, like Jesus was identifying himself with those. And really, this was the initial step of, of Jesus. He was humbling himself, just like he later humbled himself on the cross for our sins. And this is the power of baptism. It's a step towards righteousness. It's a step in righteousness, and it's a step of obedience. And check out what happens next here in verse 16. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, Heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The heavens opened up, and the Spirit of God descended on Jesus. The heavens opened up, and the voice of God said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is an amazing scene. This is an incredible scene that happens in Scripture. And guess what? It happens with Jesus, but it happened before he did a single miracle. It happened before he taught a single lesson. And it all happened before he even started any of his ministry. Before he had any achievement, before he had any accomplishment. It happened with a step of obedience. With his willingness to fall in line with the will of his Father. And here's what I want us to understand today. Here's what I want us to understand about baptism. Baptism is a first step of obedience. Baptism is a first step in obedience. Again, last week, if you were here, we talked about how we need to model Christ in obedience. We need to follow his example in obedience. And Jesus sets the example with baptism. Jesus sets the tone with baptism. As a follower of Christ, it's our initial step. Baptism is our initial step. It's our beginning action. Baptism is the first step of obedience. But what's interesting here to me is that when it came time for Jesus to be baptized, man, right, John the Baptist, he argued with Jesus, right? He pushed back on Jesus. I think the truth is for many of us, we're a lot, sometimes we're a lot like John the Baptist. When it comes to obedience, when it comes to a step that we're supposed to take, when it comes to a step that we need to take, we push back a little bit, right? We push back when it comes to those preliminary actions to get things all in order. We push back with those first steps. 
right? We push back even sometimes when it comes to baptism because it's, it's often easy to push back when it comes to obedience. And here's why. Oftentimes we push back because we don't fully understand, right? We push back what we don't, on what we don't understand. And listen, when we follow Christ, if we call ourselves a follower of Christ, there's some things in our life that we probably don't fully understand. There's some steps in our life that, that don't really make that much sense to us. See, the truth is, following Christ is not always super clean. And it's, all, it's not always clear cut. Our steps of obedience can often be scary. Our steps of obedience can, can often be fearful, right? Our steps of obedience, they can be scary. And why? Because they require faith. They require faith. And our steps of obedience sometimes can be confusing as well. So what I want to do today is I want to spend some time just talking about baptism. And I want to talk about what it is. Yes, it's our first step of obedience, but what is baptism? I want to get some clarity on it so that we can take a step knowing full well what it is. And here's what I want us to understand. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward commitment. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward commitment. It's going public for Jesus. So you think about it each week at the end of service, I always tell you to, hey, pull out your connection card. This is your opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus. And on that connection card, it says, there's, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. There's a place where you can check mark that box. And I'm going to say it again today. Right? And I believe that decision, that decision is by far the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Right? It's the, by far the most important decision. But that decision on that piece of paper, that decision at that moment, is very private. Right? It's very personal. See, the truth is, I'm really the only one that sees those cards. Sometimes our prayer team sees those cards, but they see it and they know that they see them and they're, they're told that this is it's a confidential moment, right? Because it's something that we, we take serious. We take those cards very serious. We want to pray with you. We want to journey alongside you. It's not our time to, to get your business and air it out to anybody. No, we take it serious. But it's very personal and it's very private. Whereas baptism, baptism is going public. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward commitment. And think about it this way. Baptism is, is much like my wedding ring. Right, so this is, this is my wedding ring. It's a, it's a silicon wedding ring I got from Amazon. Might be like about $2.99. Pretty legit here. But if you look at this wedding ring, right, this wedding ring is not my marriage. Right? This, this wedding ring is not the marriage. This wedding ring isn't my relationship with my wife. Right, if I lose this wedding ring, like, I still love my wife. In fact, I'm not even in love with this wedding ring. I'm in love with my wife. This wedding ring, I can't talk to it. I can't vent to it. It can't vent back to me. This wedding ring can't expand my family, right? If I were to forget this wedding ring, if I were to forget to put it on, it doesn't mean that I'm not married. But at the same time, it's, it's incredibly important. Because when I do put it on, what's it do? It tells the world that I'm married. It tells everybody around me that I've made a commitment to somebody. I've made a commitment to Sarah, and I've made that commitment for life. But if by chance, it's ripping right now. If by chance it ripped in the middle of the day and broke and I didn't wear it for the rest of the day, it doesn't mean I'm not married. No, it means I still have a relationship with that. It's a symbol of a commitment that I made on May 3rd of 2008. I think that's right, right? <laughs> but it's a symbol of the commitment that I made. It's a symbol of a commitment that I made. And here's this, understand this. The commitment preceded the sign. I made the decision to marry Jesus before I bought the ring. It wasn't like, man, I'm going to go get a ring. This is sweet, $2.99 on Amazon. Now it's time to find me a lady, right? No, I found Sarah first, fell in love. She fell in love with me, obviously. And then, clearly, we got married. And then we got a ring. We got a sign to show that our commitment to each other. Baptism. Baptism is very similar. 
it demonstrates that we're really a believer, right? It demonstrates, and it's a sign of the commitment that we made. And it's something concrete that we can look to. And it's something that we can look back on. And just like this wedding ring, it's something that we can look to to remember the decision that we made. To look to that, remember the, the commitment that we made. Right? This is why it's important. It's, it's, it's an incredibly important symbolic thing of, of, a, of an incredible decision that we made. Again, it's an outward sign of an inward commitment. And just as an Old Testament reference, again, as we in the series, we're going to spend a lot of time more in the New Testament because that's where Jesus was. But in the Old Testament, the symbol and the, the sign of that, that commitment, that outward sign of an inward commitment, what it was, it was circumcision. Right? So let's just say this, guys, let's just be thankful that we have baptism and thank Jesus for that, right? And everybody else, that would be a really, really awkward church service. So but if you look at it, circumcision in the Old Testament, what it was, it was the covenant between God and the Jewish people. It was the covenant that, that he had. It was God's promise to them. And it was, it was incredible. It was completely significant. And baptism is the same way. It shows that our covenant that we have through Jesus, the fact that he saved us from sin. Right? He saved us. And if you look at baptism, what it does, it illustrates Jesus' burial and resurrection. It illustrates that, that Jesus died for our sin. And he was buried, and then not only that, he rose again. And it shows that we've made a decision to follow Jesus and have a relationship with him. It shows that our old self, the one that makes mistakes, the one that's messed up, the one that's caught up in sin, right? The imperfect portion of that is all dead and buried, and then it's risen again, and we're raised up with a new life in Christ. And understand this, it doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means that we're viewed perfect by God. Because when, we, when we're baptized, when we make the decision to follow Jesus, God sees us through the lens of Jesus. God sees us through the righteousness of Jesus. See, we may still have struggles. We, we may still not be perfect, but, but we're forgiven. We're forgiven by the blood of Jesus. We're forgiven by who Jesus is, and we're made new in him. Romans 6, 4 says it this way. It says, we were therefore buried with him, through baptism, into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You look at a baptism points back to what Jesus did for us. And it's an outward sign of an inward commitment that we made to Jesus. And many times we push back on what we don't understand. But understand this, it's an outward sign of an inward commitment. And just even practicalities, this isn't spiritual, this isn't scriptural at all, but being practicalities about baptism. Sometimes we push back because maybe, maybe you're here and you have a fear of water. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I can't swim. Well, we baptize in a horse trough. You don't have to swim. We're going to be okay. I got you, right? Some of you guys are thinking like, what, what, what if you hold me down? I'm not going to hold you down. It's cool, right? I'm going to lift you back up. We're like, what if you can't? No, it's, it's actually not that bad. It's, I, you know, I'm not going to leave you under there, right? So just some practicalities of it. You don't have to swim. If you're afraid of water, we're going to take care of you, right? We, we give you all that beforehand. But I think one reason we push back is because there's some things we don't understand. Another reason why I think we push back and, and steps of obedience, even baptism, is sometimes it's due to timing. Right? We push back because we think the timing's not right. Understand this, though. It's not about our timing. It's about God's timing. And his timing is always better. We need to be obedient to his timing. We need to be obedient to his timing even when it comes to baptism. And the perfect timing is once you believe. It's not when the weather's perfect. It's not when everything lines up perfectly. It's not when you feel like you're actually perfect, because guess what? You're never going to get there, right? But it's when you believe, right? 
Listen, I baptized someone in Raccoon Creek, the creek right by the YMCA. I baptized them in March one year. And it wasn't like a year like this. It wasn't like they had 70 degrees in January. It was like a typical Ohio March. Like we were cracking the ice to get in there, right? Let me just tell you, that timing was not perfect. That timing was cold. I was thinking like, man, but he was faithful. He was obedient. So I figured I better be out too, right? So the timing will never be perfect in yours. It'll always be perfect in his timing. And we see this. That we see that the fact that the timing is right when we believe, we see it in Scripture as well. In fact, in Acts chapter 8, we see an instance where, where Philip, a leader of the early church, shared the good news with an Ethiopian, and then an Ethiopian man, and then he instantly believed and was baptized. Check this out here. Acts 8, chapter 35 through 38, it says this. It says, Then Philip began with that very passive Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's the water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And the eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down and into the water and Philip baptized him. Listen, as soon as you've decided to receive Christ in your life, you can and should be baptized. That's his time. It's his time. It's based on your decision, but his time. And with that said, I'll just give you a, and a little background on what we believe at, at Life Change Church in regarding infant baptism. There's some churches that believe in baptizing infants, and there's some churches that do that practice. At Life Change Church, we do not. We uh, actually only baptize those based on what we read from Scripture or how we understand Scripture. We baptize those that have made a decision to follow Jesus. We baptize those that, that have believed that Jesus paid the ultimate penalty of death on a cross and was risen again. And if you look at it, the custom of infant baptism it began about 300 years actually after the Bible was completed. And what it was, it was a ceremony intended to emphasize the commitment between the parents and, the, and God on behalf of the child. So during the ceremony, the parents would promise to raise their those child that have made a decision until they came Jesus. old enough to make those a decision that have believed and, and make a that Jesus paid the ultimate penalty listen, of death on a cross amazing. and was risen right, That's awesome. Again. So, so what we do at it, a life change instead of baptizing infants, what we do is we It began about 300 years actually instead. after the Bible right. was completed. We dedicate children. And we, what it was, and we it was a ceremony a intended the parents to emphasize and what the commitment between the parents play a role and, the, and, and God leading your on behalf of the child. We put so a during the ceremony, the parents would promise to raise their those that have made a decision to follow the child's life. Not only that, we put a charge even to the church. Listen, as a church, we're the body of Christ. As a church, we have on a cross. We play a huge part. We have some. If you look at it, life change instead of baptism. In fact, it began about three hundred years ago, and we're packed in there. What was it? It was a ceremony and raising those kids up so that they know Christ. So what we do is we believe in in dedication. Instead of baptism. So even if you were baptized as a baby, I would actually uh, encourage you to be baptized again as an adult based on your decision. In fact, that's my story, right? That's this. That's my story. I grew up in the United Methodist Church, and I was baptized. I was baptized as an infant. And let me just tell you, it was the greatest memory I've ever had. I, I don't remember, right? Listen, I am grateful. I'm extremely grateful for my parents. They brought me to church pretty much every single Sunday. I was an attendance award winner, right? They brought me to church every single Sunday. There were some times I may skip down and play a little ping pong, so I challenge anybody, let's go. But they brought me up, and because of that, I later made a decision to follow Jesus. And then I got baptized again based on my decision. The timing is based on our decision. Another reason I think we push back in steps of obedience is sometimes we just don't feel like we're good enough. 
we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we feel like, you know what, I'm not worthy of this. Again, if you look at it, John the Baptist, what did he say? He said to Jesus, you know, I'm not worthy to baptize you. Now I think we flip it on ourselves and we say, you know what, we're not worthy to get baptized. We're not worthy to take a step of obedience. We're not worthy for God to use us. But understand this, baptism is not based on who you are. It's based on who he is. And it's based on our decision to follow him. It's a decision and it's a first step of obedience. Again, you see it all throughout scripture where they were baptized after they believed, after they accepted. Not after they were good enough, right? But after they believed. I mean, if you look at it, even the start of the early church in Acts, there were 3,000 that believed and baptized. Acts 2.41, it says, Then those who accepted what Peter said were baptized. About 3,000 people were added to the number of believers that day. Think about this. How many of you have ever been around 3,000 people? Guess what? 3,000 people, they don't automatically become good enough on their own. Right? 3,000 people are going to be, a, it's going to be a room full of mess. It's going to be a room full of a lot of flawed people. But because of Jesus, because of their decision in him, they were made righteous and they were baptized. Right? They believed and they were baptized and they accepted Christ and they were made righteous through him. And again, it's the same for us. It's the same for us. It's not our perfection. It's not your perfection that saves you, but it's his perfection. It's just our responsibility to be obedient. And baptism as a first step in obedience. Okay, so your action steps today are pretty simple. Number one is take your first step. Take your first step and get baptized. Okay, Jesus was baptized to set the example for us, to follow the example. Okay, for some of us, maybe, maybe we've never been baptized and you're thinking, like, you know what, it's time to do it. Listen, today at the end of service, I'm going to give you opportunity again to respond on your connection card. We have some newer connection cards out there that actually have a box that says, I want to be baptized. Maybe you're here today. Maybe that's you. Check mark that box. We'll make it happen. We'll set it up. We'll get it together. Listen, there's some older cards that are still floating around. If you don't have that little box and you're thinking like, well, it's clearly a sign. No, it's not. You can still write on there, I want to get baptized. Right? So I challenge you, write it on there. Say, I want to get baptized. If you haven't been baptized, say, I want to get baptized. I'll say this. We have a next scheduled baptism. We actually have one today. And then our next scheduled one is uh, February 23rd. But you're thinking like, dude, what's the timing? Listen, I'll baptize you next week. It doesn't matter. We'll set it up each and every week if you want to do it, right? We'll make it happen. But you got to take that next step. You got to take that first step. So if that's you and you've never been baptized, get baptized, right? Sign up. Take the first step. Maybe for you, maybe your first step starts with your decision to follow Jesus. Listen, you could be a double check marker today. Follow Jesus. Can you make it to follow Jesus? Get baptized. You don't have to wait. Right? That check mark gives you an opportunity to mark the next one. So I want to challenge you. If that's you, do it. Take your first step. Number one, take your first step. Number two is to take your next step. Some of you guys are like, dude, I thought I was going to get off easy this week. Like, we're talking about baptism. I've been baptized. I'm good to go, right? No, no, no. Listen, baptism is the first step, but it's not the last step. So take your next step. And I think a lot of times we get stuck in our walk with Jesus. We get stuck in following Christ because we're not willing to take the next step. But today I want to challenge you. Take your next step. And I think a lot of times we come up with excuses. We come up with excuses just like we do the first. Your next step might not be that clear. You might not have all the answers about it. It might not come in a nice, tidy little box, but guess what? You still have to take it. Challenge you to take the next step. Even if you think the timing's not right, guess what? It might not be right in your eyes, but it's right in God's eyes. He's asking you to do it. 
the timing is right. So do it. If you think you're not good enough to take that next step, understand, he doesn't care if you're good enough, right? He doesn't care. Quit making excuses and do it. God doesn't call the able, he enables the call. And he's calling you to take your next step of obedience. Understand, it's not about what you've done or accomplished. It's about your next step. It's about your willingness and your next step in obedience. As for me, this year, my word of the year is this. It's obedience. In fact, come January, each year we try to pick just one word. I have some goals, all that kind of stuff, but I usually try to go with one word of what I feel like God's leading me to do. And this year it came on January 1st. I got nothing. I'm like, all right, cool. God, this is going to be an easy year, or God, you're just not talking to me this year. That's fine. Too. Whatever. Like, I'm, we'll just roll forward. But then I started to read things, and the, the word obedience just kept coming to mind. Keep coming to mind. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I hear you, God. That's my word. And I've always said, from the moment we planted this church, yeah, I want, I want some incredible things for this church. I want, I want to say then, like, that we're changing this community. But more importantly, I want people, and more importantly, I want God to say, you know what? Corbin was faithful and obedient in everything he did. And faithfulness, faithfulness is this, is, is saying is that my yes is a yes, my no is a no. Faithfulness is doing what I say I'm going to do. And then obedience is doing what God tells me. And that's what I want. That's what I want for you too. And to do that, you have to be willing to make, to take your next step. Listen, our obedience to God will far outweigh our accomplishments every time. But we have to be willing to take the next step. So what's your next step in obedience? Maybe for you. Maybe for you, your next step is, maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's who you raise up. Maybe God's asking you to take a next step of obedience. And maybe for you, it's, it's having a, your child dedicated, right? Let's not challenge you to do it, right? Make it happen. Maybe for you, maybe it's to jump into a life group and to surround people with you that are actually going in a direction where you want to go. But you got to be intentional about it. You've got to take a step. And do it. Maybe for you, it's to look more like Jesus and to serve others, serve in the church, serve in the community, right? Maybe for you, Maybe it's to, to come to prayer tonight. Maybe it's to step up your prayer game. Listen, one of the best ways to learn how to pray is be around those that pray. It's to listen to others praying. And tonight, if you come to prayer, we have prayer from 6 to 7 tonight. Child care is provided. Listen, I will tell you this. If you're new, I won't make you pray out loud, but you have the opportunity to hear others pray out loud. That's an incredible way to learn how to pray. In fact, another incredible way to learn how to pray is to even read and recite prayers that are already written, and then as you go through it, start changing it. Change it to make it your own words, right? Grow in your prayer life. And that's a step that I think many of us take, and that's what God's calling you to do. Take that step of obedience. Grow in your, in your reading plans. and Grow in your, in your Bible reading. Listen, again, we need to read our Bible every single day, not just on a Sunday morning, but we need to be reading our Bible every single day. That's God's way to speak to us. Maybe for you, it's to start a plan. Maybe for you, listen, it's not too late. You could do the Bible in a year. Maybe for you, you're thinking like a year is a long time. I can just do five days. Guess what? They got five days. Start there. But make it happen. Take your next step with whatever it is. Maybe for you, it's to quit a bad habit. Make a declaration you're going to quit that that habit. Tell somebody. Have somebody keep you accountable. But take the next step. I started this this off really talking about my my Lego set here, right? And I talked about steps and processes. And what's interesting is my daughter was putting this together. And when we were all completed, there were pieces left over. I'm looking and I'm thinking like, I don't think we should have pieces left over, Berkeley. What's going on here? Like, we're going to have to go back and look at some steps. Do we skip a step? And she had built this tree. She had built some other stuff. But this tree, was, there was different little brown parts that were left over. I'm like, I think that should go on the tree. But the tree was kind of all short. And it was kind of like, it was hitting this other stuff. It was, it was down here. I'm thinking like, I don't think that's right. We skipped a couple steps. 
and the tree wasn't as high as it was supposed to be. The tree didn't grow to where it was supposed to be. I think a lot of times we skip the next step and we don't grow to where we're supposed to be either. So I want to challenge you, take your next step. Grow to where God wants you to be. He has so much more for us than we could ever imagine. And I think sometimes we sell ourselves short because we skip the steps. So number one, take your first step. Number two, take your next step. Number three, help others with their step. Help others with their step. What's super interesting about the Gospel of Matthew, which is uh, what we read from today, the first and last words we see of Jesus in this Gospel, they deal with baptism. The first words of this one that we read earlier, it said, let it be now. That was the this chapter two, we were into it, right? But this is the first words where Jesus was speaking. He says, let it be so now. Where Jesus was urging John to baptize him. Right? Jesus was setting the example of baptism. But if you look at the last words in the book of Matthew, it says this. It's in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Jesus set the example for us, but he also commanded us to baptize others. He commanded us to baptize them in his name, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To go and change lives, to go and, and share who he truly is. Listen, as a church, our job is to expand the kingdom. Listen, we started five years ago. At that time, there were 68,000 people in Newark, Heath, and Granville that didn't know Jesus or didn't have a place to grow in their relationship with Jesus. Guess what? That number hasn't changed that much over the last five years. We still have a job to do. And we still have to go make disciples. We still go, have to go and baptize those in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, letting them know that their old self, their old self is dead, and they have a new creation. They're a new creation in who Christ is. And it's our responsibility to go share that. It's our responsibility to go help others with their first step, which means this. It means we need to be sharing what God is doing. We need to be inviting people. We need to be bringing people. Right? We need to share what God is doing in an incredible way. Right? Baptism, again, I said it's an outward sign of an inward commitment. It's going public with your faith. That's why baptism is so exciting. Listen, there's some times people are like, dude, that guy's getting baptized? And you're like, yeah, that guy's getting baptized. That girl's getting baptized. Why? Because of the power of Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do. We need to share our story. No matter where you came from, no matter how you came in, you have a story. And Jesus did some amazing things. If you let Jesus in your story, you can point to who you were and you can point to who you are. You might not be where you want to be yet. Man, God's doing some incredible things. We need to share our story with other people. We need to invite people in. We need to invite people into our story. We need to invite them into church so that they can start their step. We need to bring them into our story, bring them into the journey so that they can start their step. Challenge you, help others with their first step. And baptism, again, it's the first step of obedience. And here's what's amazing about baptism. It fortifies who we are in Christ. It strengthens who we are in Christ. Obedience, it clarifies our identity in him. It even did it with Jesus. In fact, if you look with the, let's jump back to Matthew chapter 3, verses 17. And we'll close with this as the band begins to come up. Again, verse 3, chapter 3, verses 17, it says this. And it says, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is fortifying who Jesus is. In fact, if you look at it, these words actually come from a reference of the declaration of, Lord, of, the, of God in Psalms 2-7. 
where it says, you are my son. Today I have become your father. They were a declar- declaration of the Lord. Not only that, they were fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah in Isaiah 42.1, where it says, here's my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one and whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. These are the words of Jesus' baptism. Think about the power behind this. These fortify the sonship of Jesus, validating him as the son of God. In fact, if you look at the gospel, Luke expands on, and it even goes into the genealogy of Jesus, tracing his heritage, chasing, tracing his genealogy all the way back to Adam, and then all the way back to God, showing that baptism is really part of the family tie, right? It's part of the family covenant. Those are some powerful words. It showed that Jesus was loved, accepted, and a part of the family. All before he did a single act of ministry. All before he did a healing. All before he taught anything. All with an initial step of obedience. And the same is true for us. When we take that first step, we're part of the family covenant. When we made the decision, when we take that act of obedience, we're loved, we're accepted before we do anything else. We're part of the family. And it happens based on obedience that's based on the decision. Listen, our decision saves us, but our obedience connects us and matures us and grows us with Christ. And obedience and baptism is that first step of obedience. If you would, take out the connection card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe you're here today, and maybe for you, maybe it starts with a decision. Maybe for you, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Listen, I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity to make a commitment to follow him. If that's you, you can check mark that box. And then believe that God loved you so much that he gave his son that he gave his son to live a perfect life, die on a cross, and then was risen again to conquer death, to conquer sin, so that you could have a relationship with him. I receive him into your life as your Lord and Savior. Receive his forgiveness for your sins and make that commitment. And listen, if you're making that commitment, you might as well make the next one. The first step of obedience, which is to get baptized. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you've never been baptized. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a while, but you've always pushed back. Listen, if that's your first step, let's do it. And check mark that box. Make that comment in there that God's asking me to get baptized. Do it. Maybe for you, there's a next step. Maybe for you, you've been following Christ for a while. You've been saying, oh, I'm a Christian, but you know, I'm just frustrated. Because you're not willing to take that next step. You know what it is. It might not make sense. You might not think the timing is right, but you understand this. It's God's timing, so do it. Write it down and listen, I'll be praying for you. I want to pray with you for throughout this week. I want to pray for you to take that next step because God's going to open doors when you take that step. God's going to grow you taller. And if that's you, write that step down. Maybe for you, maybe there's somebody in mind that you need to help. Write their name down as well. We want to pray for them. There's also a place for prayer requests where we would love to partner with you. In prayer. If you would, take this moment to, to fill that card out completely. Also, take this moment to get any ties or offerings ready. And then Daryl will be up in just a moment with next steps. And listen, we are going to do some baptisms today. So if you've been around life change baptisms, get ready. You can warm your voice up a little bit, but we're going to scream and yell in just a moment. So. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well.
We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.